Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This little cutie is my son, Bennett. As you can see, my son is a white male. So here are some books that I bought to help prevent him from growing up to be awful. Starting out strong, we have C is for Consent. Um, pretty self-explanatory, but it's a picture book that goes into detail about consent with your body. Do you believe that Iran is funding Hamas? And if they are, should the sanctions stay in place? You know, George, Iran is engaged in uh, a number of activities, including funding extremist groups, uh, supporting terrorism more broadly, um, uh, supporting very dangerous proxies that are taking uh, destabilizing actions uh, throughout the Middle East, proliferating weapons. Uh, and Iran, with a nuclear weapon, is going to act with even greater impunity uh, in those areas, which just adds to the urgency of trying to put the nuclear problem back in the box that the nuclear agreement put it in. Much coverage has attended the efforts in some 40 states to change voting laws. A huge thank you to the James Baldwin of our time, Tennessee. <laughs> oh man, the James Baldwin of our times—that is some high praise. Got to turn off my divine intervention. Tiny easy coat. So I have known nothing about this guy, but I listened to that little rant in favor of Nicole Hannah Jones to mm-hmm. get tenure at a, a university, and he's an idiot. He's not a smart person. He's a dumb. And it's fine. There's dumb stuff, you know, on Republican, Democrat, black, white. doesn't matter. There's dumb people everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's really stupid. So I, I don't know where... Is it because he's got an interesting name? Is it, it, it where this came to be that he's a thoughtful voice of whatever? He's got a great, great gift. Uh, sorry, grift. Apparently he's mm-hmm. making all sorts of simoleons at, uh, at BU or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's making money. It's good... To, why not? I mean, if right. you, he wrote the big essay, "The Case for Reparations," that's considered like required reading for. Okay, right. Uh, yeah, I, and I was, I, I, I was telling you, I was on Channel Two on a failed show that uh, that I didn't help save really, <laughs> like five years ago. And uh, yeah, it's it, we, one of the things we talked about was reparations, and and all the producers was the, you get like seventy four producers per show there. Said, oh yeah, we're gonna be working off Tanahisi's piece. And I was like, what the hell is a Tanahisi? What is <laughs> And um, yeah, no, I mean it, it's fine. I mean, I, I it's it's an easy, easy. Oh, the lights! It's an easy, easy grift to um, to you know work off of uh, the many imagined or or existing tendrils of racism um, for your for your personal gain. If you're mm-hmm. it's somebody who's who's going to um, try to make hay out of this stuff because it's very appealing for a lot of people. And it's fine. Whatever. I mean, the here's the thing mm-hmm. about all of this is that we're being told we have to, we need to uh, revisit all of this right now because this is a pivotal moment uh-huh. in race relations right now. And now, especially with the brutal street murder of George Floyd, it it cannot be denied anymore. 
and that the black experience right now, it continues literally in the streets. The murders continue. Jim Crow continues right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, the opportunities are not there. And there are the systems of oppression working literally, literally with the racists are oh, duplicating the worst of times right now. And right. of course, that's all BS. There's right. nothing to that. This is uh, not true whatsoever. You know, the systems of racism were dismantled uh, by the systems of democracy in the 60s in legislation. Yeah. Right. There isn't Jim Crow anymore. There isn't slavery anymore in the United States. Um, The people who practice slavery are long since dead in America. Right. In the, the, I mean, that said... There is a system that disincentivizes marriage and affects the black community, especially, yes. But that's not the systems that they're talking about. Yeah. They're talking about imagined voter suppression and other, well, now any number of things. The police, of course. The police are, and that's not even, that's the police, bloodthirsty slave police. Remember, they all come from hunting slaves down. Mm-hmm. This is It's all a grift. It's all... And any, anybody knows this. I don't want to even get into it that much. I can tell you that, what? That this guy is a dumbass. He's just a dumb person. That's fine. I know lots of... I have lots of friends. It, almost all of them white, okay? So I'm, I'm a very good person here now who are stupid. But this guy's just stupid. Much coverage has attended the efforts in some 40 states to change voting. I would immediately, if I were an editor, to say, um, cut that out right now. Much coverage has attended the effort. What are you? What are you doing, <laughs> dude? Calm down. Write like people, okay? Write like you speak, Tanahisi, which is not very well, by the way. Laws so as to favor Donald Trump and his supporters, but the assault on democracy goes beyond the ballot box. Th- th- really? Half-ass bromides, generalities, and haggard platitudes. The assault on democracy—that's the best you have. God, that's like a a first year at BU student. Yeah. The assault on well, the get better, dude. And they're acting like this is new too. This like new discovery that there was slavery and Jim Crow in the United States. Like they're doing this with the sixteen nineteen project. We're gonna talk about that in a moment. These places are banning the sixteen nineteen project and the left in the media is framing it as the right wing wants to ban talking about slavery in school. No, we t- we all learned about slavery in school, just like we all learned about Jim Crow in school before there was a 1619 project. Mm-hmm. We knew all about it. It's in it. You can't learn United States history without learning a ton of stuff about slavery and how bad it was. Right. We uh, all read yes, Frederick uh, Douglass. We all did all these. Not things. just that, Alice, but we had. The debates in churches, we had the debates in town squares, we had the debates in the local legislators, legislatures, we had the debates in the federal legislature, we had the debates in the uh, in the executive, um, the executive branch, we had the debates in the judicial branch, mm-hmm. and when it, it became so untenable at one point that we then took the debate to the battlefield. Yeah, you know where in what what four hundred thousand or so uh, troops died by some estimates, three fourths of a million right. Americans died in the Civil War. We had this fight. We had it out. <clears throat> there was nothing unsaid or said better now than was said then. Mm-hmm. You know, we continued the fight. The the remaining Jim Crow acts and, and uh, Jim Crow laws and the remaining efforts to uh, subjugate blacks in this country was something that was never not debated. It always was. Right. It was a huge issue at the founding. If you study the founding founding, of the country, it was a huge issue because a lot of the people, even a lot of the people practicing it, knew that it was uh, morally a really big problem that they were doing this. Mm -hmm. They knew that it was bad. This isn't... Every admission of a new state was a debate about slavery. Right. I mean, it really, it's... The more, you know, and there's always, you know, I'm sure there are going to be some people who push back about this and say the Civil War wasn't entirely about slavery. It was about, you know, industrialization and railroads and trade and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But and states rights, of course. But the states rights to do what? To have slavery. And it 
you know, the more you learn, you can sort of learn a lot about it and get to a point where you say like, oh, there was more to it than just slavery. And then you keep learning about it and you go, okay, but really like the fundamental thing at the root of this whole thing really is slavery. Is slavery okay for us to have in this country or not? And it's been a huge defining issue of our national character and the ramifications of it have continued to this day. I mean, I think that that's not even debatable. And that's, you know, what I learned in school. And, you know, Howard Zinn has been around a while. His books have been around a while. And people, um, you know, our our curriculum has already been once overed by the left in mm-hmm. the last, like, 50 years. And, and acting like kids aren't taught this stuff in school. Oh, kids don't realize there was slavery. We have to have the 1619 Project. The right is trying to ban talking about slavery. Nobody's trying to ban talking about slavery. They're trying to ban your screwed up, wokeified version of history that is not based in reality with the rest of us and wants to stick racism and slavery and white supremacy in issues where it doesn't go or to see it through some weird racial lens, everything that happens, even if it doesn't have to do with that. You know, they're really, and you and I just got done saying that like slavery has been a fundamental issue in this country Mm -hmm. with threads that run through everything. And I really think that that's true, but not in the way that they want to make it. Law enforcement doesn't come from slave catchers. This has been debunked and debunked and debunked. It's just silly. And there's so much there to actually talk about. You do everyone a disservice when you try and oversimplify it and and turn it into issues that it's not. When you look at it through the lens of today, instead of trying to understand the the things that were happening in the way that these things were debated at that time, you know, you can't you can't reframe history to be about Breonna Taylor because it's not, you know, right. <clears throat> but also, everybody who washed up, up on these shores from in the 1600s and the 1700s mm-hmm. came from a culture which had slavery. Of course. One way or another. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So slavery was a common thing. You know, it was a common thing. There were slaves in Africa. Black people had slaves. There were slaves slaves. in the Americas, exactly. Right. White people had slaves. China didn't even get rid of slavery till like the 20th century. And you could argue they haven't gotten rid of it yet. I mean... Exactly. But to think that this is just a unique to the United States, my goodness. You need to know... What makes the and and and, uh, and what's her name? What's her, who wrote it? Uh, Nicole Hannah Jones. You know, she says that what makes us different than those other cultures is that we're supposed to have ideals above that, and we are. You know, the American ideal is is more um, is a more noble ideal than a lot of those other uh, societies and cultures that had slavery. Well, yes, and that's why we've been beating ourselves up about it forever because we talk about it. Right. You know, you can't have this. You, there's no 1619 Project book written in China by a Chinese person. You know, it's not done. We mm-hmm. are free, free country. We are free to, uh, you know, audit our history, and we are free to criticize our history, and and and, and we we have done it forever, yeah. and we are free and the, the uh, to 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 boil it down to well, you know, now now though, if you look at the legacies, et cetera, et cetera, it's about privilege. There wasn't a whole hell of a lot of privileges privilege in the uh, freaking fields of seventeen-year-old kids, you know, from Vermont, you know, who uh, you know had probably no idea what they were fighting for, etc. You know, this is mm-hmm. real people paid with real lives during the Civil War for this stuff, right? And this is, and so I, I'm just, so it, I think we look at our history in Pepper. Pepper. She's gonna rip out the cables. Go, go somewhere down Pepper, here. Pepper, shoot. Pepper, come down here. Or up here. So, but, um, but we look at our history in a more clear-eyed way than almost any other country on earth, I think, and we're one of the most like self-critical nations about our own history <clears throat> that exists. I, I, I mean, today, I think, My in God. terms of the way that we teach kids in school and what stuff, where like, we celebrated as a culture. The movies that win the Oscars, the ones talking about how much we sucked. <laughs> Including the ones like written by conservatives. Dances was Wolves. Costner was a conservative. That was about us big white a-holes screwing up the serene, pure Indian culture. It's like we talk about this a lot. This is nothing new. Mm-hmm. And 1619 and in the meantime- from the New York Times 
simply came out and was pressed into uh, gold because it came out in 2019 and it made for good copy. Right. And I mean, you know, we're overusing the example of China kind of, but to compare it, I mean, we still can't come out with movies that are uh, critical to China because they're a big part of the global market and Hollywood doesn't want to hurt them. So they... They avoid topics that upset China in movies literally today. I mean, they filmed a bunch, Disney filmed a bunch of the Mulan mm-hmm. movie in the parts of China where they're holding Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps right. and committing genocide as we speak. I'm glad you mentioned that, Alice, because, and we're going to, I'm going to get to this and we'll revisit China too. Mm-hmm. But we're making hat in hand entreaties to Iran currently, right now, today, mm-hmm. saying, please deal with with us. We'll bow to your concessions. We'll knock off sanctions. We'll do whatever you want. If you're a woman in Iran and you uh, dance freely in the street for 11 seconds, they will gype you and disappear you. Yeah. You know, Iran, this is a... Abs- they literally throw journalists in prison. They whack in journalists in Iran all over the place. People act like Khashoggi was uh, was unique. No, in Iran, that is commonplace. And we're, we're olive branching with these GD dirt bags right now the 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 regime right not to mention putin too right they've they've been lobbing missiles into into israel now you know with our money and we're still doing outreach iran just said you know what you need us you weaklings we're gonna shoot some rockets at the israelis you're gonna take it we're half of our rockets are gonna fall short and kill palestinians we don't care you're gonna take it you're gonna deal with us the way we want to and we're saying okay yeah, okay, you promise you won't build nukes in Iran? Like, oh, yeah, we promise. We're doing the same thing with Putin. They just lifted the sanctions on the people that are involved with building this pipeline that we don't want Putin to build. And what are we doing about it? Well, nothing. Well, it's already mostly built anyway. We're lifting the sanctions. It's not going to do anything anymore. We don't know how. We, yeah, we we don't want them to build it, but they're just doing it. We can't stop them. Right. Like, please We're don't build the pipeline. We're lifting sanctions on pipelines by the Russian, uh, you know, the Russian uh, authoritarian government. Yeah. And killing pipelines here in America that could uh, help us uh, get uh, heat homes for a little bit of time. So it's freaking crazy, and, they, and we're walking into it. We knowing, oh yeah, yeah, we know, we know. I got this. I got audio from Tony Blinken. It was in the open with George Stephanopoulos saying, "Do you think maybe since Iranians are funding Hamas, that maybe we shouldn't be so eager to join them?" Well, yeah, they're funding Hamas, and they're they're responsible for a lot of terror in the world, and they are up arm a lot of dirtbags in the world, and they're really not believable or trustworthy. They're really kind of bad country, to- uh, you know, leadership wise, totally. But you know. If we don't do this for them, then they'll then they'll do something m- malicious, uh, as if they don't do something malicious all the time. It's yeah. freaking backwards. It's so crazy. So but I'm gonna back that tiny easy coach coats and um, Helen Scott Slater. What is her name? Nicole Hannah Jones. Nicole Hannah Jones. There's a couple of things about the 1619 project. This is um, from Rich Lowry. Wrote this a bit ago. Some bullet points that he's got that he's got problems with. One that she leaves out unwelcome facts about slavery. Hannah Jones's account of American slavery is justly excoriating, but is careful to leave out anything that might even slightly complicate her story or might prove discomforting to the left. They were Hannah Jones writes of the first slaves brought to colonial America among the 12.5 million Africans who would be kidnapped from their homes and brought in chains across the Atlantic Ocean. She doesn't say who kidnapped them. She refers later to people stolen from Western and Central Africa. Africa. Again, she doesn't say who first stole these people so they could be sent across the Atlantic in chains. Why not? Like it or not, it was Africans who captured other Africans and marched them to the coast to be sold to European slavers. African slavery existed before Europeans showed up, and it persisted after they left. This, of course, doesn't make the Middle Passage so so excruciatingly awful it's difficult to even read about any better. But it cuts against the impression that she wants to leave that the slavery was uniquely European, and especially an American phenomenon. Indeed, you might get the idea from reading her essay that colonial Americans were the ones who came up with the idea of racialized slavery. Sadly, it had a long history before Thomas Jefferson showed up in the scene. 
As back as as far back as the mid 15th century, papal bulls granted Portugal the right to enslave sub-Saharan Africans. Infidels in the West Africa could be reduced to perpetual slavery. Taken together, James Sweets writes in a paper on the topic, these papal bulls signaled to the rest of Christian Europe that the enslavement of sub-Saharan Africans was acceptable and encouraged. Across the Iberian Peninsula, he notes, the word Negro basically came to mean slave, and this term and meaning were picked up by Northern Europeans. Of course, this doesn't make racialized slavery any less heinous, but it does provide a sense of how, when it comes to slavery, colonial America was hardly an island unto itself. Hannah Jones says that at a time at the time of the American Revolution, one-fifth of the population within the 13 colonies struggled under a brutal system of slavery unlike anything that had existed in the world before. Perhaps she means implicitly to include the rest of the Americas in this condemnation, because everywhere else in, Amer in the Americas, Brazil, Cuba, the West Indies, etc., had a broadly similar system of slavery. Of course, if she wanted to be clear about this, she could have simply said it. Um, well, yeah, but once you lump in all the South American countries where slavery was arguably worse than it was here, then, you know, then you can't have America uniquely bad. You know, right. you have to throw in other countries, especially because you're not saying like England bad, who, you know, had colonized or Spanish bad, although we are saying that. You're saying America bad. So now we're talking about, like, is Brazil a bad country? Is Mexico a bad country? You know? Right. So another part, he talks about smearing the revolution. According to Hannah Jones, uh, conveniently left out of our founding mythology is the fact that one of the primary reasons the colonists decided to declare their independence from Britain was because they wanted to protect the institution of slavery. This is preposterous. It isn't left out of our founding mythology because it's inconvenient, but because it's untrue. The reference here presumably is to colonial upset over the 1773 Somerset decision in England. As historian Alan Taylor explains in his recent book, American Revolutions, an American slave owner took his slave to England and then tried to send him on to Jamaica. The slave, James Somerset, petitioned for his freedom. A British court ruled that slavery wasn't supported under the natural law and required an enactment of positive law with no such law existing in Britain, Somerset was a free man. The colonists feared the consequence, but there is nothing in the writings of the revolutionaries to su suggest this episode ranked anywhere close in importance to their other discontents. Moreover, the turbulence around the Somerset decision was complicated. The ruling, Taylor writes, coincided with an imperial veto of Virginia's latest attempt to discourage further slave imports. It was the combination of the Somerset of Somerset and its veto that exercised Virginians. The empire seemed implicitly, Taylor continues, to stir up slave discontent while preventing colonies from restricting the threatening growth of their numbers. The point is worth em emphasizing, by the way, that it was royal policy at this time to oppose any colonial efforts to crimp the slave trade. King George III urged the royal governor of Virginia upon pain of the highest displeasure to assent to no law by which the importation of slaves should be in any respect prohibited or obstructed. <sighs> Distorting the Constitution. Understandably, Hannah Jones spends a lot of the time uh, on the compromises related to slavery at the Constitutional Convention. The Constitution, she writes, protected the property of those who enslaved black people. This is shamefully dishonest. With the quote marks around property... She uh, faces, 250 years later, the work of the founders who specifically insisted on excluding that word in any reference to slavery. The Constitution refers to slaves not as property, but as persons held in service, a subtle distinction, although one with profound implications. Anyway. Uh, you, you, so anyway, the thing's... The, 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 it's, a, it's a crappy... It's bunk. The yeah, 1619 it Project is a bunch of ahistorical junk. It's somebody looking at history through a lens they want to look at it through without any, you know, contextual reading or understanding of any of it, you know. And the fact that she was even made this special endowed chair at UNC Chapel Hill is insane and ridiculous and the fact that they didn't give her tenure is supposed to be this big scandal she has a five-year contract please i mean it, it's ridiculous and we're being told it's because she's black that she didn't get tenure so the university's racist see you right-wing universities strike again honey 
Those bastions of conservative thought. That's right. That's right. Who said that again? Oh, that was... Um, AKS. Oh, yeah. Sheesh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so anyway, he's, he's a dumb. Last year, President Trump issued an executive order creating the 1776 Commission, which he offered up as a rebuke to the 1619 Project. Good. Victor David Hansen yeah. is, is involved. There's at least one black person involved. I'm all for it. Helmed by one of the most decorated journalists of her generation, Nicole Hannah-Jones. The 1619 Project sought to expose the American experiment's origins in the laboratory of slavery. Trump- oh, God, shut up. Shut up. If everything has to, you have to go to a metaphor for everything, then maybe there's no real substance. Trump's rebuke was not a private effort, but one that enjoyed the sponsorship of the state. Perhaps because a certain class of pundits still fails to regard Trump's bluster seriously, the response to this assault on a free press was muted. But the import... What? Hmm. Is this assault on a free press? Because he was countering? Right. So so no executive branch is allowed to have a differing narrative to anybody in media? No. Assault and free. This guy is such a hack and stupid. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry your name is interesting, but you're freaking dullard. No, an assault on the free press would be if he threw Nicole Hannah Jones in prison for writing the 1619 Project. Coming up with an alternative. She was in metaphorical prison, Alice, okay? Well, and they were already, you know, putting together school programs to teach the 1619 Project in schools when Trump did this. He wasn't countering her, you know, just publishing in the New York Times. Who cares? Everybody knows they're a bunch of liberal moon bats, but. Um, but it's when they wanted to bring it into the schools that he then made the 1776 commission to kind of counter the narrative to give people an alternative way to look at history. And, you know, I agree with that. We need to be teaching kids positive things about America and the world because America is the best country in the world, frankly. And uh, I don't know what we're going to do about the schools. But But notice the grift. Hannah Jones and um, and Ta-Nehisi Coates are making a damn good living. Yeah. Rewriting the past, rewriting history. I mean, why not? If you can get yep. the guilty liberals to pay you money to tell them how bad they are, then more power to you. Yep. So uh, so you made the, the uh, comment about the um, slavery and human rights in Iran. We know it's a it's a country run by dirtbags, radicals, um, theocratic thugs, and uh, and they've been a sponsor of terror- terrorism now for probably almost fifty years at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they've been funneling money to Hamas. They, you know they work with all sorts of groups. They they've been fighting and killing American troops in Iraq for a long time. And um, they're a, a dirtbag regime. Mm-hmm. They have been efforting um, a nuclear program for quite a while, and they don't care what anybody says. The last deal that we had, the NGJCAOPOH, whatever it is, uh, did not allow us to have spot checks on um, inspections on facilities in Iran. It was a, it was a total glide path for Iran to actually improve right and um and it was a deal for them to make nuclear weapons right exactly exactly but all the the smartest people in the world world ben rhodes and those pod save idiots and half the people who now work with biden mm-hmm. patted themselves in the back because it was nuanced thinking we're gonna this time they'll listen to us these gangsters who have done nothing but being acted like gangsters in the middle east and around the world now yep. for 40 years this time they'll listen to us because we have a different, smart approach. You know, we've been, uh, you know, consultants at very, uh, you know, very high uh, invoicing, um, uh, you know, institutions in Manhattan. So we know our approach is different. We're the smartest people in the world. The Iranians signed on happily after getting every concession they could out of John Kerry, including getting a pallet full of cash because we owed the money to the Shah of Iran. If that's not pulling one out of the... Uh, Acts, I don't know what is, and for them to say that, and that was secret. That was not published. That was that story was broken. Right. That was secret money funneled funneled to a terrorist sponsored nation, a terror mm-hmm. sponsored nation, which should be freaking huge. You're giving them untraceable money. 
Right. But, you know, that's fine. He was an Obama. There was not one smidge of, you know, whatever. Fine. Never one scandal. Yep. So I'm, it's fine. Okay. Now, Trump brings us the Abraham Accords, mm-hmm. which, among other things, isolates the Palestinians, making that problem no longer a problem with the Arab Gulf states, um, Gulf oil states, mm-hmm. which is excellent because you don't want an all-in situation whenever it comes to Palestine. Right. Trump and the Israelis and the these Arab Gulf states um you know come to these this these Abraham Accords and whatever you want to call them and business commerce etc is improved and enriched uh, enriched amongst these people one of the reasons was was that Iran was threatening the entire region. Mm-hmm. So and and you know the Eventually, they only had a lot of these states only had uh, uh, Israel to look to to say, right. "All right, do you guys want to help out here?" So it's fine. So and it's great. And there's always there's already been important, um, almost uh, it's already fostered successful business and trade um, relationships, mm-hmm. and it's been excellent. So that's okay. So if Palestine's feeling left out, every five years ago or so, they decide to do this stuff. Hamas in Palestine. Hamas is funded by Iran. It's given money by Iran. So Hamas does their thing. Funded by Iran with Iran guidance, money, and, you know, and technology. And the rockets go, fire into uh, settlements at Israelis who are simply, you know, trying to live. And, you know, Hamas, doesn't, they love all the... They love all, all the surplus casualties because the AP right. and other organizations will just show the dead uh, kids uh, living in Palestine and the Gaza Strip. Uh, or AP will complain that Israel hit their right. offices. It's an, they shot up that they you know blew up the AP right. offices. They're attacking the so some ger- so moronic journalism. More moronic lefties, of course, will say uh, this just shows that the Abraham Accords didn't work. Of course freaking morons this proves that they are working because the war is contained it's right. contained in you know israel and uh palestine so anyway so the iranians are currently using proxies to attack israel they're currently using proxies to attack the west they always are they have mm-hmm. been through the entire iraq ordeal they're always up to something mm-hmm. iran is not a country that is run by anybody with any benevolent notion of anything. These are not fair shake actors. And yet they're still allowed are, on Twitter and Trump isn't yes, too. These are the dirtbags. These are dirtbags. Yeah. So maybe we shouldn't deal with them right now. Or if we should, maybe it's not the pressing thing. And they certainly can't be trusted. These these are wackos. These are gangsters. You can't mm-hmm. trust these people. But so we're going to clear the path for them with another Iran deal, mm-hmm. even though... They're the worst actor on earth as a country right now. And the, I want you to listen to this. This is George Stephanopoulos mm-hmm. talking to uh, Tony Blinken, right? Mm-hmm. The Secretary of State. Yep. And he's saying, these dudes are bad, bad people. Are we sure we want to deal with these people in good faith? Your administration is continuing to pursue nuclear negotiations with Iran, but 42 Republican senators have called on the president to end the negotiations, make it clear that sanctions will remain in place because of Iranian funding of Hamas. Do you believe that Iran is funding Hamas? And if they are, should the sanctions stay in place? Okay, very clear, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Are they funding Hamas? And if they are, should there be sanctions? All right, so Blinken, I expect right now, if we're actually going for this treaty, for him to try to uh, detangle uh, Iran from uh, all this maliciousness that they've been up to. You know, George, Iran is engaged in uh, a number of activities, including funding extremist groups, uh, supporting terrorism more broadly, um, uh, supporting very dangerous proxies that are taking uh, destabilizing actions uh, throughout the Middle East, proliferating weapons. Uh, and it, uh, killing my dog. What the freak else do you need? That's the rap that we know. Blinken, no, no, that's the case against, by the way. Yeah, that's the yes, case absolutely. for sanctions. Yes, Blinken. that's the case for not getting in a handshake deal with these dirtbags. Maybe they were doing like a mock 
debate so, before in the administration as right. they, you know, trained for doing the questions. Yeah, don't do the devil's was, advocate part. He was the devil's no. advocate side. I don't right. know. It's amazing. Okay, well, right there, you've given me five reasons to disqualify them. You know, mm-hmm. they can't be trusted. They're funding terrorists. They're killing people around the world. Proliferating they're, 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 weapons. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Well, okay. then, the, is there is there something to the is there a positive characteristic attribute here at all? Is there anything good? Nope. Yeah, they're freaking dirtbags. Can't trust them at all. They're the worst. They're killers and thugs. Yep. Well, then that should be it. You that would should, think so. That should be over. Two things on that. One. Uh, an Iran with a nuclear weapon uh, or uh, with the capability to build one in very short order is going to act with even greater impunity uh, in those areas, which just. OK. <laughs> what a double reverse that is way to think of something. Yes, you absolutely must cook the Thanksgiving turkey in the microwave. <laughs> Well, think about it. The chances of a fire from the microwave, you know, versus using gas, et cetera, is, is, is uh, minimal. You know, also the bird is contained where it is. Absolutely. I mean, those are, I, mean I don't even understand how you would think this way. You, We have to because they're such MFs that they're going to nuke us unless we can delay their ability to get them. Right. And if they had the nukes now, he's saying, they would probably blow the crap out of everybody in the area. Mm-hmm. They're such bad MFs that we must make sure that we can, to the best of our knowledge, on the honor system, delay the production of their nuclear yeah, technology. That's our new foreign policy. We'll just They're really bad and mean and scary, so we'll just ask them really nicely not to... Um, get any more powerful and get any new weapons with which they can be mean and bad and scary. We'll just say like, pretty please don't make nukes because you're really, you're very scary to us. And you know, it would, you'll be even scarier if you get nukes. So that would just be really bad. Don't do right. that, please. So I made a deal like this one time, Alice, 1990 mm-hmm. in, in my house, my dad was just building an addition in our house in Winchester. Okay. And there was this kid who was kind of a bad, certainly shady, Mm-hmm. Uh, he would he'd, he'd gone to Winchester High, but probably washed out and went like to reform school or jail for whatever. And he was kind of back and kind of not whatever. And it, we'll call him Joe. Okay. And uh, and he was hanging out with kids who were kind of friends of mine, and so they had come over to my house into the. We were hanging out in the addition, which was all studded out, whatever, with stuff. And this kid was kind of a dangerous guy and shady, and I mm-hmm. couldn't trust him. And we were smoking weed. So, okay. and he was good for that, I guess. I don't know. But I had to leave the house to go get somebody. Um, to go get somebody or go get something. Um, hold on. What's up? So I had to go. Oh, no, no, it's fine. So my brother just had the chili. I cooked hot chili for my brother and he... He likes it, but he doesn't notice a lot of fat. It's, it's neither here nor there. Okay. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so I'm like, I had to go pick somebody up or something like that. I had to leave the house. And I didn't want to kick Joe out. Right. He's a dangerous, shady dude. And he's standing there. So like, I was like, Jesus, what do I do? This dude who's or, or, like shady has been missing from school is already. He used to speak in like weird, encrypted psycho language to me sometimes <laughs> like to be i'd be like like uh i'd be relieving myself behind a dumpster in some place we'd all drink beers and he'd be like you know i never like to be lied to it's the most <laughs> the, the most disrespectful thing you can do to another man is lie to him people lie get hurt you know maybe people like your friends like ned should know that i'm like okay okay i'll tell ned that he's that his life is in danger here here in the the frigging bowels of the, you know, Hell's Kitchen that is Winchester, Massachusetts. Joe, fine, but anyway, I, I, I he was a volatile guy. So I'm like, what do I do? So all, I, so what he did is like deputized him. I said, Joe, you're like the toughest, like smartest guy I know. Can you make sure that nobody here steals anything from the house while I'm gone? Because my assumption was that he was just going to go through and steal all my dad's stuff. Mm-hmm. So I put him in charge okay. of security. 
for the house. He's like, yeah, dude, no, no, nobody's going to F with anything, dude. I got you. It was the best choice I had. <laughs> you know, I was outgunned. Joe was uh, tougher, quicker, better, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and I thought that's my only chance. That's what we're doing with the Iranians. Right. You know, we know that they're absolute dirtbags, mm-hmm. but we're trying to deal with them in good faith anyway that hopefully something will catch. Hopefully <laughs> Joe will know that I, since I've deputized him, maybe his better angels will influence him to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> to be a good security guard for the house instead of the dirtbag that he is. Yeah, there's now, a reason why setting the fox to watch the hen house is totally. uh, a phrase because right. people think that way and it does, it's right. not good. Right. And that's what the Iranians, we're doing with the Iranians. No, we'll think of a smarter way. You know, we mm-hmm. kill them with kindness as if that is something that works with Shiite radicals. As to the urgency of trying to put the nuclear problem back in the box that the nuclear agreement put it in. Back in the box. How marketing talk Obama level is that? Mm-hmm. We're going to put it back in the box. Are we going to unpack it? No, we're putting it back in the box. Are we going to table it? No, it's back in the box. Are we going to stick a pin in it? No, it's back in the box. God, these people are disgusting. They're going to lean in. But, yeah, they're going to. That's absolutely. They're leaning in. They're leaning in. And you can imagine the Iranians like, at the at the negotiating table in Vienna saying, oh, my God, these guys are freaking idiots. <laughs> yes, we will put it back in box. Yes, you're very good. Astute. Very astute Americans. Morons. <laughs> Oh, my God. We're going to put it back. There was nothing in the box. The Iranians were not complying anyway. Uh, and, of course, many of these actions are going forward now uh, while the, uh, you know, and, and have gone forward over the last few years under the so-called maximum pressure uh, being exerted by the uh, by the previous administration and clearly did not get the result that we all seek. I don't know. I don't know. There's pretty, pretty, pretty big volley of missiles going into uh, Israel in the last couple of uh, couple of weeks. I don't remember. The last four years, there being all that much, uh, all that much trouble. <sighs> Maybe Trump had them in the box, which is to curb all of these activities. But the first thing that we need to do is put the nuclear problem back in the box. That's why we're committed to trying to see if Iran will come back into compliance with the nuclear agreement, the so-called JCPOA. That's back into compliance, right? That's what that's what they were doing, complying. If there's anybody who we know is going to comply, that's what we're engaged in now, and then. Uh, use that uh, and as a platform to build on and to try to deal with uh, with these other issues. Can you imagine that? What we're going to do now is, uh, you know, much like we did at the border, which the border, which is very successful, is we're going to ratchet back all of the restrictions and anything that was working right now, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to start from scratch with the Iranians, and hopefully, after we do the after we stop all of the sanctions. And give them free reign, then maybe we can get them back in the box as far as nukes go, and then we'll deal with the fact that they're total MFs who can't be trusted, who uh, are out to destroy the world. Then we'll deal with that. I don't know if these guys are serious or if they're in it for the like the free meals or the travel. I don't know, but he is a moron, and, and Blinken has shown himself to be profoundly useless. The Iranians say the decision to raise uh, to lift some of the sanctions has already been made. Is that true? We're we've been now. Yeah. How about your uh, good faith partners in the deals? They're already bragging to people that they're twisting your arms and shaking you down for everything in these rooms in Vienna and making and pantsing you. They're laughing at you already. <laughs> George Stephanopoulos knows what's going on in the room because the Iranians are laughing their asses off. Well, we're, we're about to have our, I think, fifth round of, uh, of discussions uh, in Vienna with the Iranians. And what these discussions... Uh, he said, you know, the question was, is that true? That you've already agreed to, uh, to, you know, toss out the sanctions? And talks indirect, as you know, have done is they've clarified what each side needs to do in order to come back into compliance. So uh, we know uh, what sanctions would need to be lifted if they're inconsistent with the nuclear agreement. So if the answer were no, it's not true that we've done the sanctions, then we would have heard that immediately, a, a categorical denial. Uh, but no, what we've been told is instead that we've taken a Lewinsky approach to the problems, and that's, that is what it is. Yep, absolutely. No, we're servicing them completely. We're filleting the Iranians absolutely completely. Why? Well, because they're the worst actors in the world who are up-arming other state actors, killing Americans, trying to develop nukes, and uh, shooting rockets at Israel. That's why we're doing it. Because imagine, I mean, right now, imagine they're, they're doing that. Imagine, though, if they had 
nukes how bad they could be. So, so we trust them enough since they've uh, not, uh, you know, kept their word on anything yet. We trust them enough to, whatever, fine, idiot. So that's where we are. But you know what that reminds me of, Alice? What does that remind you of? Reminds me of the knowing, having the knowledge of all this. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of our policy, our new policy, our policy, our green new policy. Even though the partner in the policy to redo our energy um, uh, uh, infrastructure Mm -hmm. would be China, which we can't do as a matter of um, morality because they have slaves, right? You have a very enormous challenge, but very important one in front of you. Um, Secretaries Blinken and Pompeo both said that the CCP is committing genocide against the Uyghur Muslim population. Last month, this committee uh, marked up uh, a bill I introduced along with uh, Chairman Meeks condemning this genocide. You recently said that uh, uh, we're quoted saying we have other differences on human rights, but those should not get in the way of something that is critical as dealing with climate. And I know you can try to compartmentalize it. The problem is it's, it's, it's intertwined. Because when you look at the supply chain, you look at China, they dominate the critical mineral supply and solar supply chains, all coming out of the Xinjiang province, which um, we believe is using slave labor to create these renewable energy sources. So my question to you is, um, how can you assure us or ensure that that this uh, quest that we're on, uh, that, that slave labor coming out of China where genocide is taking place as we speak, are never a part of the climate solution in the United States. Uh, You're absolutely correct. Uh, Ranking Member McCall, uh, it is a problem. Xinjiang province not only produces some of the solar panels that we believe are being, in some cases, produced in forced labor by Uyghurs, but also... um, uh, there are a significant amount of uh, uh, rare earth mineral that's used in the solar panels themselves. Uh, it is my understanding. Oh, no, absolutely. No, there's absolutely slaves. Yeah, they're made by slaves, yeah. yeah. They really do a really good job. Have you seen the panels? Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's, uh, you know, weird, uh, you know, DNA still on them when they get here. We try to wind- Windex that off. But yes, in the rare earth minerals that have to be mined for that. Yeah. No, the Uyghurs are going down and doing that, yeah, with their hands. Yeah, that's a problem. Definitely. Yeah. Is it slave labor? Yes. Yes, absolutely it is. It's slave labor and the Iranians are arming uh you, you know terrorists throughout the world and lobbing missiles at Israel. Yeah, so we're absolutely going to work with them. Yeah, so we're going to engage with the Chinese in this. We're absolutely going to do that. Yep. So mm-hmm. Okay. That's fine. I guess I I guess I mean I thought this was a like we were talking about I thought this was a bad year for slaves. <laughs> slave labor. Labor. Can I write a book called uh, an article in the New York Times Magazine called uh, Twenty Twenty One, the Twenty Twenty One Project? Yep, about uh, you know solar panels. No, that's fine. It's too important. Enjoy your slave panels, uh, progressives. Goodness, yeah, I was thinking else. I should have done this in the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know that I have a couple job prospects right now. I'm currently unemployed. Yes. I had a job at a newspaper, which I, I no longer have for reasons we can't get into. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a chance that I could be working at a, an, a radio a talk station in Hartford, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. A chance. Chance. It's a big station. It is AM. It is 2021. It's, uh, you know, it's getting a little thin over there. We're in, mm-hmm. we're in the world of talk radio. Fine. There's a chance... So, uh, Colin Ian left Jerry. Mm-hmm. I could probably pitch myself to Jerry mm-hmm. to work with Jerry as Jerry's pr- producer, along with doing the Burn Barrel and all that stuff. I like working with Jerry. He's fun. We're simpatico, really. Um, it, or I could not do either of those, just hopefully uh, between my stimmy and odd little gigs here and there and yours, somehow we hang on. Mm-hmm. But what's your feeling? What should I do? Um, I don't. I don't 
know that any of those job offers are in front of you at this point in time, so it's hard to speculate on the hypotheticals. Do you think I, I should have gone for the Minahan job? Mm. That's Kirk Minahan podcast to you folks. He, he's got a very successful podcast too now on Barstool Sports. He, I have known him I don't know. for a number of years. I think it's cool that Cullinane's doing that job. Okay. I don't know that that's where you want to be exactly. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe twenty years ago or ten years ago, maybe that was the thing to do. All right, Alice. We have had a day, by the way, have we not? Yes, been we have been. Hard. Alice is quiet today for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. One, we partied like it was nineteen ninety nine last night. Mm-hmm. But actually, no, I'll put that as two. Number one is because we have been working so hard outside. Yep. How did you like mowing the lawn? I wait. Let me just, for the record, say that I mowed ninety tenths of the lawn. Yeah. But then. Then, Tom wanted to make sure I know how to mow the lawn in case something happens. Yeah, for when him. I catch a heart attack, so you know how to do it. How <laughs> did you like? But I also think it's a you thing because it's like I said, concentric squares. You know, and mm-hmm. it's very their efficiencies at work, etc. To me, it's a joy. A lot of it's a joy because of podcasts I listen to, etc. How do you like it? It's fine. I don't. Um, I don't need it to be on my plate. I just have a lot of things to do. You know. Okay. So I'd prefer if you keep that one. All right. I'll keep that one. Um, okay. Let us see. All right. So we've got a couple of TikTokers I want to get to as well. One is a woman named... Harry Oh, no. Let's get to Prince Harry first. Okay. This guy. Man, you think that Ta-Nehisi Coates, the James Baldwin of our time, and... Um, and um, Nicole Hannah Nicole Jones. Hannah Jones. Just have just have two names, okay? <laughs> just have two, okay? Um, are good at the grift. Prince Harry, Prince Harry, man, and the audio isn't great here. Prince Harry is beautiful, but he is cashing in all the chips now. He has really Kardashianated the royal family. My mother was chased to her death while she was in a relationship with someone that wasn't white, and now look what's happened. You want to talk about history repeating itself? Oh, dude, that is that is frigging disgusting. But keep going. Not gonna stop until she dies. You're chasing the press, Harry. They're not chasing you. Yeah, nobody is. You're the one on the motorcycles, you and Megan, <laughs> as they're trying to just speed away and leave, be left alone. It's incredibly triggering. To- oh, finds the the right buzzwords too. It's incredibly triggering. And of course the. The uh, knockout punchline, which it must have been, I assume, cost him about eight hundred grand from uh, marketing consulting firms right now to come up with this. Potentially lose another woman in my life. There you go. He's going to lose another woman in his life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely cashing from the, racism. Cashing in yet yeah, on the in the princess. Just like die Diana thing. died of racism. Like the, the, the list is growing. And it all comes back to the same people, the same business model, the same industry. Oh, man. What flim flammery. All right, Harry. Why not? If everything's a grift, Ta-Nehisi's in the grift, Nicole Hannah-Jones is on the grift, Ibram X. Kendi's on the grift, and Harry's on the grift. <laughs> They're all using racism. He's a pretty white dude, I found, to be using racism, but you know what? The British royal family is like, you would think would be the quintessence of quote-unquote whiteness. Isn't that like as white as you can possibly be? Yeah, as Germans. white as white privileged as humanly possible is the British royal family. I'm pretty sure that's like the most white privilege anybody on earth can have. Is it not? Uh, is to be a member of the British royal family? Yes. Yeah. Although he was, you know, <clears throat> he he um. We've all had friends who have gotten into bad relationships and bad marriage marriages and who are just have become completely unrelatable. And you're like, man, she just kidnapped your soul. He made a decision to be all in. And um, there you go. Also, they um, the tabloids like were also reporting, I guess, in the same interview or wherever, they were also saying that Megan, when she was pregnant, 
with Archie was suicidal and told him that the only thing that kept her from killing herself was that it would destroy him to lose another woman in his life. So how, like, <laughs> creepy and manipulative is that? Jesus. I would kill myself and our child, only I know it would hurt you a lot. That's the only thing that keeps me alive. On the Sunday shows and Meet the Press today, it was all about, um, all uh, really, all completely dedicated to... Uh, white supremacy and white supremacists, uh, how they're uh, radical white supremacy and white supremacy, terrorism and violence is a mm-hmm. huge thing in the country, etc. And they said during this uh, report, you know, done by like six different reporters. Um, and also we we discussed some, all the white supremacists, of course, are kind of Trumpy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who uh, like they, basically if the whole thing was dedicated to telling you that Trump's fans are white supremacists, that's it. And they, they did back around and around ways, like former Klan member Jed whatever claims that he doesn't, that he's no longer racist, etc. And he's like, no, I'm no longer racist. And then they're like, he now, uh, but he misses Donald Trump. Yeah, I'm sure I miss him. And like, that's their way of subtly saying he's still Trump racist. And they said, but there's also radical um, 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 leftists, terrorists domestically. And for that, they had this group of black people who were going around demonstrating against police violence, not hurting anybody, and not destroying property, etc. Mm. That's as far as as extreme as that gets. So this brainwashing is continuing mm-hmm. in all quarters today. This will be everywhere yeah. tomorrow. Well, so- it's interesting you raise that too because um, it was New York Times had a piece. Was this today? Um, maybe this was like Saturday. They uh, looked into how much support there was for Black Lives Matter over time, like whether people say they approve or disapprove of Black Lives Matter, because there's like all this whole we had the racial reckoning last year. And so, like, what was the impact? Well, as it turns out, the support for Black Lives Matter did shoot up last year, peaked around early June and then dropped dramatically back to its 2019 levels. So, uh. I think other people noticed that there may have been a little more going on at some of those protests than not than just you know what's marching with what's spineless people though those are the mask people. All right, Alice, a couple TikTokers um, I want to talk about. First is um, this TikToker. I don't know her name, but she talks about a mommy kink. And now we should actually. Did you tweet this from? Do you mind tweeting from Burn Barrel so people can see who she is? So she's on about mommy kink. She does have the rainbow flag somewhere in her avatar, I think, but maybe she's not gay. Maybe she's, I don't know. But uh, here we go. Ladies, if your boyfriend has a mommy kink, you need to try this. Don't you ever swear at me, you little s***. Don't you ever raise your voice at me. I am your mother. You understand? All I do is worry and What happened? Did I go away? Hold on. Ladies, if your boyfriend has a mommy kink, you need to try this. Don't you ever swear at me, you little sh**! You ever raise your voice at me? I am your mother! You understand? All I do is worry and s- Okay, so there you go. Yeah. So, Alice, I gotta tell you. You like her? I do. I like it. I like her yelling at me. In In the video, she is... How would you say... Um, what would you say is me? I would say most guys are noticing, not me, because I'm happily married mm-hmm. and I don't notice other things, but I, most guys probably are noticing uh, the bucks of meanness and the fact that um, lesser men would probably say that there's an abundance, abundance of cleavage there. Yes. So, I the guy, I mean, most guys, you care. She, she could be. You know, uh, you know, threatening to exhume my dead parents or reading Mein Kampf. So do you have a mommy kink? First of all, I think saying the word kink is stupid and nobody should have a kink. A mommy kink? I don't think so. No. (laughs) But if you have a beautiful woman yelling at you, it's like you... You're really focused on the yell. I I like... I like... uh, You uh, like women yelling at you. Uh... I have a yelling kink. <laughs> All right, so let's get to, get, to our, get to our next one. This is Sarah Hines, and she is teaching her child to her boy, 
to read the well she thinks he's a boy well right anything could happen hi there my name is sarah this little cutie is my son bennett as you can see my son is a white male so here are some books that i bought to help prevent him from growing up to be awful starting out strong we have c is for consent um pretty self-explanatory but it's a picture book that goes into detail about consent with your c is for crazy (laughs) your body with family Along that same note, we have Will Ladybug Hug, teaches the same kind of concept and in a more childish way about a ladybug who um, is hugging his friends, even has one friend who doesn't like hugging. So, this one is called Only For Me, same concept, teaching kids about consent and things that feel comfortable with their body. Because I'm raising a feminist, we've got A is for awesome. (laughs) Awesome, 23 inspirational women. Yeah, this next one is called uh, Bennett, Your Mommy's a Psycho. He'll need this to explain away some of the irrational behavior his mommy uh, displayed during his upbringing. Next, we have I Clean Like Daddy. There's even a page in the end where the whole family is cleaning together to show that it's not just mom and sister's job. Finally, we have except I Clean Like Daddy. Oh, God. My... Right. Just get a shrink. Get a... All this baggage. Like, okay, so let's say I'm having a kid. It sounds He's really kid. These sound like really compelling books for a little kid and really enjoyable. Yeah. When they don't, a book about um, boys and girls liking whatever they want, regardless of their gender. Okay, Psycho. That's great. Yeah, make a weird <laughs> body and soul, super progressive experiment out of your kid whenever you possibly can. Good luck with that. All right, Alice, I know you are cooked, doggy. So any, you got anything? Um. Well, there is big news out of China. Speaking of China and other countries that we're not going to hold accountable for anything that they ever do. Um, but apparently now the Wall Street Journal is reporting that three researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, mm-hmm. this is this lab in Wuhan, um, went to the hospital in November of last year with COVID, with severe enough COVID that they went to the hospital for it. So um, the fact that... Of last year or 2019? Tw- oh, yeah. Sorry, of 2019. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah, it seems like this has all been one long, right. continuous 2020. So this is but, the place that's not, that's not pangolins. Right. So this is the, the lab. Right. So, and Fauci today, uh, so, or one of these days recently, today. they're reporting that Fauci said that he's not convinced that uh, it didn't come from the lab. That's not true. Dr. Fauci, this is last year, April 18th, 2020, Dr. Fauci throws cold water on conspiracy theory that coronavirus was created in the Chinese lab. Anthony Fauci at the White House on Friday rejected a conspiracy theory that the novel virus was created in the lab. Fauci, uh, Fauci, the nation's top expert in the uh, infectious disease, said the available evidence on the origins of the virus is totally, quote, totally consistent with a jump of a species from animal to human. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. And yes, I'm reading this reporter, this report that where Trump had answered the question saying it could be uh, a human, a man-made thing. And, and Fauci jumped in the, uh, uh, um, Fauci jumped on the up and said, we do not believe mm-hmm. that any type of laboratory based scenario is possible. So, so, so anyway, so, so but then today. Mm-hmm. Fauci um, said this. So I guess he said um, it earlier. This but week. no, I'm not convinced uh, about that. I think that we should continue to investigate what went on in China until we find out to the best of our ability exactly what happened. Certainly, the people who've investigated say it, it likely was the emergence from an animal reservoir that then infected individuals. But it could have been something else. And we need to find that out. So, you know, that's the reason why I said I'm perfectly in favor of any investigation that looks into the origin of the virus. He is um, absolutely but, uh, no. whatever answer you want from him, he will mm-hmm. give you. Yeah. And so I guess this was earlier this month, but it was during some like event that didn't it didn't really like surface and hit the mainstream until now. And now people are reporting on it. But yeah, he's now not convinced that it didn't come from the lab. So there you go. Fauci, meet Fauci. Just like with masks, just like with, you know, every other thing that, you know, we're 
the the teachers need to be vaccinated to go back to school. They don't need to be vaccinated to go back to school. You need to wear a mask. You don't need to wear a mask. We need 70% for herd immunity. We need 90% for your herd immunity. It's all, it's, you know, he can say whatever he wants. doesn't matter. So there oh, we go. Oh, my goodness. Um, Alice, we that- can get through this. Um, it's been great. You can find us on Twitter. Tom is going to tweet that picture of the girl with the cleavage, I guess. No, that's a, that's a burn barrel tweet. I can't do that. I'm, I've got a reputation. You can tweet it from the burn barrel account. Okay. And um, that is at burn barrel pod, by the way, if you're going to be looking for that. We're also at facebook.com slash burn barrel podcast and at burn barrel podcast.com. You can send us an email, burn barrel podcast at gmail.com or check out our YouTube channel as well. See, we appreciate it, by the way. You guys are great. Do leave a little message uh, um, if you can leave a con- comment or a five-star thing or uh, whatever. I'm told that those are those are positive. So we appreciate it. I'm sorry I jumped back on a la uh, Ferris, Ferris Bueller's Day and Off. You turn, and, okay. You're back on. Um, and uh, you started to turn on the music, so this isn't going to be on the YouTube video. This is just on the audio That's okay. Because I, I felt had already hit stop because I, the music was disappearing. I understand, but I thought your goodbye was lackluster today, and I think it's because you're exhausted. I am exhausted. I cleared out our entire shed. Yeah, I know. It's Which is uh, has rat feces and plutonium in there, among other things, <laughs> which is just ridiculous and, and horrible. So but I thank feel you. like I've been tranquilized. I'm exhausted. <laughs> so, yes, thank you, everybody. Appreciate it. As always, happy Sunday. Sayonara. <laughs> 